Today, I want to talk about the divine priority. What is important? Secretaries, administrators, and PA people love this kind of notice when the boss comes in. Shall I rush your rush job before I start the rush job? I was rushing when you rushed in. <laughs> <clears throat> Thank you, Dave. So if you brought your Bibles with you, and I know that all good Christian people bring their Bibles along to church with them. Amen. Online, I was going to say online doesn't count, but it does. <clears throat> I was told off for that once before. So we're going to look at Mark's Gospel, right? Mark's Gospel and chapter 3. I'll read verse 7. Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the lake, and a large crowd from Galilee followed. When they heard all he was doing, many people came to him from Judea, Jerusalem, Idumea, and the regions across the Jordan, and around Tyre and Sidon. Because of the crowd, he told the disciples to have a small boat ready for him to keep the people from crowding him. <clears throat> for he had healed many, so that those with diseases were pushing forward to touch him. Whenever the evil spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. But he gave them strict orders not to tell who he was. Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve, designated them apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. These are the names of the, of the twelve he appointed. Simon, who he gave the name Peter, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. To them he gave the name Bornegis, which means sons of thunder. Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Altheus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas his carrier, who also betrayed him. <clears throat> the urgent is often the enemy of the important. Martha came to Jesus on one occasion. She said, Jesus, would you tell my sister to help me here in the kitchen? I'm getting things ready, all the food. <clears throat> and Jesus said to Martha, 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 you are careful and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part that she'll not be taken away from her. In the Psalms, the psalmist said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. It was the one thing that was important. The Apostle Paul said, This one thing I do. 
forgetting those things that are behind, reaching forth to those things that are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the higher calling of God in Christ Jesus. And when the Apostle Paul was writing uh, to the uh, Colossian church, he said this, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Then he says, above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. <laughs> and when the first king of Israel, Saul, disobeyed the command of God, but he, he, he wanted to save the best of the sheep and, and, and animals as a sacrifice, the prophet Samuel came to him and said this, what is more important to the Lord? your burnt offerings and sacrifices, or your obedience to his voice. Listen, said Samuel, obedience is better than sacrifice, and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. He went on to say rebellion is as sinful as witchcraft, and stubbornness as bad as worshipping idols. So it was important that Saul was obedient, it should have been a priority, <clears throat> but it wasn't. So what was the priority of Jesus? What was the divine priority? And it, it says here in our, in our verse, he chose 12 that they might be with him. That they might be with him. Now, why did Jesus want people to be with him? Why did he want people, why does he want you and I to be with him? And I'm going to list a, 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 one or two things for you before we, we move on. <clears throat> I think he wants us to be with him for intimacy. <clears throat> we were created by God to have fellowship. It says in the Bible, can two walk together except they be agreed? And right there in the Garden of Eden, God came down to Adam, his creation, his creature, in the cool part of the day, and he walked with Adam. And I don't know what the conversation was about, whether God said to Adam, what have you been up to today? Do you like this planet I've made for you? I sometimes say, I think I've told you before, if I hit a good shot at golf, and it's a nice sunny day, I turned to God and I said, Lord, I love this planet. <laughs> Why they want to go to the moon, I'll never know. Why they want to go to Mars? Why don't they go to the Gobi Desert instead of going to Mars? <clears throat> this planet is beautiful. <laughs> maybe, maybe God said, do you like it here, Adam? Do you like the rivers I've made for you? What do you think about the hill? How do you like the birds, the parrots, and parakeets, and all these different... What do you think of the animals? Do you like them, Adam? Maybe whatever the conversation was, in the, in the, in the, the Garden of Eden, there was intimacy, there was fellowship. 
sadly, of course, that fellowship was broken. Adam felt guilty after he had sinned. And so, instead of that intimacy, the Bible says he hid. God called to Adam, and it seemed like the voice of God came back, bouncing from every tree and bush in the place, until he found Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid. God never wanted us to be afraid in his presence, but Adam was now afraid. How different is the words in the Song of Solomon? The Song of Solomon is a beautiful verse, a book about married love, but it's also a beautiful book that points to the love relationship that Christ has with his people, the church, and the bride of Christ. <clears throat> and this is what the Song of Solomon says. I'm reading it in the authorized version because I think it's a little bit more uh, poetic. <laughs> the voice of my beloved, behold, he cometh leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a roar, a young heart. Uh, behold, he stands behind our walls. He looks forth at the window, showing himself through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear upon the earth, and the time of the singing of birds has come. Hallelujah. And the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with a tender grape give a good smell. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. Do you think of God thinking of you like that? Arise, my love, and come away. <laughs> it says in another part of the Song of Solomon, I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. Jesus wanted intimacy and fellowship with his people. <clears throat> he, uh, he, he said on one occasion, come you yourselves apart and rest a while. Let's have a day off together. And then in the garden of Gethsemane, he turned to three of his disciples. He said, would you watch with me while I go and pray? I've got something great. I'm doing something that's so costly. Would you, would you stay with me and, and help me in prayer? <clears throat> there was a desire for intimacy. Secondly, <clears throat> excuse me, please. Secondly, why did Jesus want them to be with him? I think he wanted them to be with him that they might meet the real Jesus. Um, I went to a junior school called St. John's and every so often we would have a service in the church, St. John's Church. It was a barn of a place. And uh, there were stained glass windows and there was a picture of Jesus, white, pale and insipid. Is that the Jesus of the Bible? Is that the Jesus of the New Testament? Of course not. He's far more wonderful than that. We create, people can create an image of Christ that is not the real Jesus. In the Psalms it says this about people who worshipped idols. 
Their idols are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. They have mouths, but they don't speak. They have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't hear. Noses they have, but they don't smell. And they have hands, but they don't handle. Feet they have, but they don't walk. Nor do they mutter through their throats. Those who make them are like them. So is everyone that trusts in them. And you see, on ancient caves and monuments from antiquity, pictures of the gods. And some of them have multiple wives. Others are drinking lots of alcohol. Others are subduing their enemies with clubs and spears and violence. It's because the people projected their own thoughts and made them gods. They created the gods. They were gods of their imagination and not the real thing. Someone said to Nikki Gumbel on the Alpha course, she said this, I'm not bothered if it's true. Just tell me how it feels. <laughs> how silly is that? I'm not bothered if it's true. Jesus is the God of revelation. He's fairer than 10,000. He's more wonderful than you can imagine. You couldn't have imagined a being like Jesus. You would have to ask the question, is he mad? Is this man mad that claims things like, before Abraham existed, I was. Before Abraham was, I am. He says, I was with the Father before the worlds began. Is that the words of a madman? And yet you read the, uh, the beautiful Sermon on the Mount and many of the other uh, messages, sermons that he preached, you know, the teachings were absolutely life-changing and wonderful and releasing. We read it earlier of the crowds that came to listen to him from all over, as far as Tyre and Sidon, which is miles and miles away. They came from everywhere to hear him because of the wonderful things that he was saying and doing. Um, he's, is he mad? Or is he uh, sad? Or is he bad? Or is he who he said he was? The uh, second person of the Trinity. Equal, co-equal with the Father from all eternity to eternity. Far more wonderful than you and I can imagine. To see his compassion, to walk with Jesus, to see his courage, to see his holiness without pompousness, his genuine humility. Uh, as he, we could walk with poor people as well as rich people, kings as well as peasants. He was wonderful, hallelujah. Some of the days of the Son of Man, his love, his purity, his holiness, his life-giving spirit, hallelujah, to be with Christ. He wanted them to see him as he is, not the God of their imagination. And somehow, we have limited him in our thinking. When we walk with him, he says, I want you to be with me to meet the real Jesus, 
the real Jesus is far more wonderful than you and I can imagine. I often think to myself as I, I uh, meet with people who, who don't know the Lord yet, and uh, as you know, I play a little golf. Sometimes you don't recognize it as golf, but it's so bad. <laughs> but I say, Lord, don't let me be a hindrance. Don't let people not see Jesus. I once heard a preacher say, you can't help the Lord, but you can hinder him. <laughs> and I pray, Lord, don't let me be a hindrance to anybody. Let them see something of the real Jesus in me. There are those who say, I believe in Christ my way. I believe in God in my way. And so in saying that, they are creating a God of their own imagination. <clears throat> Some of the hard sayings of Jesus. He's not simply a gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Some of the hard sayings of Christ. Well, listen to one or two of these. He who doesn't forsake all that he has can't be my disciple. That's what he said. Let the dead bury their dead, he said to one guy. He said, if you follow me, he said, I've got to first bury my father. He said, let the dead bury their dead. You come and follow me. <clears throat> he said to another person, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing comes upon you. And Jesus was angry at the religious hypocrisy of his day. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those that sold them. I fancy a revolutionary turner over of things, hallelujah, a changer of situations. He rebuked his own disciples for sectarianism and, 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 and petty rivalry. He rebuked them. This is the real Jesus. <clears throat> so we need to get to know the real Jesus. <laughs> How do we know the real Jesus? Well, I want to tell you, the real Jesus is here. He's in the word. He's right there. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> many, many years ago, I heard a great Baptist preacher, uh, a man called Sidlow Baxter, wrote many, many books. And, uh, and uh, he preached a message I heard over 50 years ago, long before some of you were even thought of. But uh, years ago, I heard him preach, and I still remembered it. And he preached from this verse in Philippians, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. That's what he preached. And in his message, he said this, that he had known a preacher that for 12 months of his life had read just the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. For a year, he had just read the four Gospels because he said he wanted to get to know the man of the book. Let us not have a Jesus of our imagination. Let us have a Jesus that is the real Jesus. The real Jesus is far more wonderful than we can ever imagine. <clears throat> And uh, we get to know Jesus in his word. 
get to know Jesus in meditation and prayer. And I think also we can get to know something of the greatness even in nature itself. How wonderful and powerful and great he is in the things we observe. Secondly, or thirdly, I think we're up to now, why did Jesus want people to be with him? He wanted them to be with him uh, for intimacy, that they would meet the real Jesus, and thirdly, that they would become like him. They would be transformed. This verse I mentioned to you last week from Corinthians. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. We are being changed. When you're with him, you are becoming like him. You know, I've watched a bit of fool's only fools and horses. I don't know if that's a crime or not, but I, I, Del Boy and Rodney. And Rodney's wife said to him on one occasion, you're getting just like your brother. And his brother would say something like, Pedro, I've forgotten his phrase now. <laughs> anyway. He was, he, was just, he was getting just like his brother because he was with him so often. And the people you keep company with, you can sometimes get a bit like them. So when you're in the company of Jesus, guess what? <laughs> you become like him. <laughs> we are being changed into his image. I don't know about you. I want to be changed more into the image of Christ. Hallelujah. I trust you do too. To be like him. And it's something that happens naturally. It's not a course you can go on after 13 weeks and you've passed. It's a life experience of walking with Jesus. And Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. What is a yoke? A yoke is something that you put on animals, oxen or or, or, uh, horses or whatever. And they keep together and they go plowing the fields together. And, And the Lord said, take my yoke. Let's do this together. Let's be in this together. And just to feel his heart when things are going well, we feel the lightness of the Spirit of God. And it seems we're on the mountaintop and everything is fabulous. And, every, and walking with Jesus is absolutely marvelous. And life is great. And you're going nicely on the level or downhill. But then there are tough times when the when the, the going gets, how many of you believe? Sometimes, as a believer, you can hit tough times. You can hit subtle persecutions and this kind of thing. And to walk with Jesus then, to feel his heart. I, uh, I, I think I'm coming back to Sidlow Baxter's message again on, on this point. He said there were uh, two, uh, an older minister took a younger minister in uh, Chicago, I believe it was. And uh, he said, I want to show you something, said the older minister to the younger guy. He took the younger minister, believe it or not, into a number of pubs and clubs and uh, dives in the city of Chicago. 
and uh, in the early in the morning, they, they, they parted. And uh, the younger man went, was going home and he turned round and he saw the older pastor under a lamppost with his head bowed. And he thought, I wonder if he's all right. I'll go and see. So he, he, he walked back to the older man. And the older man was praying. And he was saying, Lord, for the sin in this city, save the people from the sin in this city. He was so burdened for what he had seen that night of people that were ruining their lives with, 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 with the way they were going on. It was the burden. My yoke is easy, said Jesus. My burden, my burden is light. And we can learn about the Lord. <clears throat> there, are, there were people in the north of England that were working at a, a perfume factory. And in those days, when they used to go on the bus, there weren't so many cars, and everybody knew when you got on the bus where you worked. Why was that? Because the fragrance of the perfume was still on you. I don't know about you, brothers and sisters, I want to smell nice. I want to have a fragrance of Jesus about me. I, I, want, I want to smell like heaven. I want to leave people more blessed than when I met them. I want to smell nice. Finally, being with Jesus puts life into perspective. In Psalm 73, the psalmist is going through a really tough time because his eyes were in the wrong place. <clears throat> and this is what he says, truly God is good to Israel, to those who, uh, whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I was envious at the proud when I saw the prosperity uh, of the wicked. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could wish for. <clears throat> then he goes on to say, Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. So this is the attitude he's in. And then he says... Then I went into the sanctuary of God. Oh God, I finally understood their destiny, the destiny of the wicked. Truly, he said, you put them in slippery paths, send them over, sliding over the cliff of destruction. It puts life in perspective. John Wesley, when he was dying, he said, and best of all, God is with us. You might have missed out on a lot of things in life and you might have had more trouble than most, but if you've got Jesus, you've got everything. Hallelujah. So 
the priority of heaven, the divine priority, that they might be with him, and secondly, that he might send them out to preach the gospel. Now, we can gossip the gospel. We can talk the gospel. You don't have to be a preacher on a pulpit. They say that evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. <laughs> and praise God we have found bread this morning. So you read in John's gospel, Andrew says to his brother Peter, we have found the Messiah. And he introduces Peter to Jesus. And then Philip, he found Nathaniel. And Philip says to Nathaniel, we have found him who Moses and the prophets spoke about. Come and see, it's Jesus from Nazareth. We found the Messiah. And then in John chapter 4, you might remember the lady at the well where, where Jesus met this woman and uh, she, had been, she, she had been married uh, f five times. She had five husbands. One husband is too many for some people. But she had had five husbands and now she's just living with a guy. <clears throat> and... Uh, Jesus told her about living water that she could have, that could satisfy the inner longings of her heart. And then she went back into the city where she lived and she told all the, the people in that city, come see a man who told me all things that ever I did. That's evangelism. That's just saying, this has happened to me and it can happen to you. I have met Jesus and it can happen to you. <clears throat> We want to be men and women who have seen the glory of Christ and carry that to other people. Oh, hallelujah. I sometimes wish, I don't know about you, I sometimes look on a crowd of people and say, oh, I wish they knew the Lord. I wish they had known how, that they are forgiven, they are restored and forgiven. I wish they had the hope of eternal life in them and as I look sometimes over the, 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 this great city of Plymouth and see all those houses I say Lord Lord how many of those people really know you <laughs> and I have this problem that I get a bit in despair sometimes at the, at the great at the great task ahead of us I remember in my first church in Hayes we hadn't got any transport in those days and I used to walk about a mile to the church and I would go past this area where there was some grass and we'd had a lot of rain. We'd had a lot of rain at this particular night and worms, now something you need to know about worms, they don't like too much rain. They're afraid of drowning, I think. And so... All these worms had come out of the grass and were going across the road where cars were going to be whizzing by. I felt sorry for these worms. I did. So I picked them up. I did. Going to church, I picked, and I put them back in the grass. I thought, you'll be safer there. And I felt a little self-congratulatory. I, I felt like I'd done the right thing. But as I walked further down, I saw that there were hundreds of worms. 
I hadn't time to pick them all up. So I left them. Yes, I did. I left the worms at the mercy of the cars that were going whizzing down. And uh, I sometimes think how many people know the Lord. And I remember being how the Lord helped me with this particular problem. of You don't mind if I share a few problems, do you? <clears throat> we finish at four. <laughs> I remember how God helped me with this particular problem. We were on Wembury Beach, Jean and I. And I was looking all over all the beach and I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, how many people know you on this beach? I bet there's hardly anybody. And then, lo and behold, I saw a person who came to our church with her daughter running into the sea. I thought, well, praise God, there's more than I thought. So then we ordered a meal in the little cafe there and we sat down next to this family. It turned out that they were believers. They were Anglicans who went to a church over... Um, Alexander over, yes, over there. <laughs> You've got it. <laughs> Albert Road, <laughs> somewhere over there. But they were believers. And I think God was saying, David, there are more of my people around than you know about. Elijah, he says, Lord, I'm the only one left. And God says, what? Could I hear that again? He said, I'm the only one left. God says, just a second, Elijah. There are 7,000 others that I know about that you don't. Hallelujah. Well, there are more, but we need to get more into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, don't we? How many of us want to be touched by the Lord to walk with Jesus and say how wonderful he is, how glorious he is, how it's great to belong to Christ? Hallelujah. And finally, have we had finally? Yeah? In conclusion, in conclusion next. <clears throat> he gave them power to act. He gave them authority. You and I, brothers and sisters, have authority in Christ's name. He gave them authority to heal sicknesses, to cast out demons. <clears throat> the gospel does include divine healing. And I know that we've not seen so many miracles as we should see these days. But healing is in the good news of the gospel. And if you read the early parts of the Bible, they went about healing the sick casting out evil spirits and seeing the kingdom of God coming. I'm praying, dear brothers and sisters, that we shall see again another move of the Holy Ghost when, when Jesus comes in in power, hallelujah, sends us out to minister life and healing and blessing, hallelujah. Oh, praise God, how many of us would not come under the divine priority that we should be with Jesus. How many of us know that out there, thousands and thousands of people
need what we have. People need the Lord. They need to know his forgiveness. They need to know his restoration. They need to know his peace. They need to know his presence. They need to know the good news of the gospel. And people who have been in the presence of the Lord to go forward in faith and believe that the Lord would use you in reaching somebody for the kingdom of God. Amen. Shall we stand together? Would you mind? <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> we used to sing an old song when I was growing up in my father's church. It's an old hymn. We don't sing it these days. I haven't sung it for over 50 odd years. We're not, we're not going to sing it now because I don't think Nathan and anybody will know it. <clears throat> it's from the bowels of antiquity. But, but it goes like this, draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. Draw me nearer. Well, we're not going to sing it, but I'm going to ask you if you'd like to be drawn nearer. If you hear the words of Jesus, follow me. Why do you want me to follow you, Jesus? I want you to know intimacy with me. I want you to meet the real Jesus. I want you to know me as I really am. That's what I want. I want you to know me Paul's prayer was it that I may know him <clears throat> now we can recognize someone you see some celebrity on TV or whatever you recognize them but do you know them I think when Jesus comes again we shall instantly recognize him how many of us will know him I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings be made like him in his death I want to be like him I want to be transformed like him I want you to be transformed like him we're all on this journey together let's get into the word to meet the real Jesus Let's get into prayer to meet the real Jesus. Let's get into fellowship and stimulate one another to meet the real Jesus. That we shall, when we go out, we shall be like that perfume from heaven. And we shall be great ambassadors for the Lord. Amen. Come on, let's pray together. Bless the Lord. Father, put your hand on your heart. We'll pray for you. You pray for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray, O oh Lord. Oh God, we pray that we shall know the real Jesus. The real Jesus, far more wonderful than ever anyone could imagine. More glorious, more wonderful. Hallelujah. The King of kings, the Lord of lords. And Father, we pray that having been in your presence, we shall take that presence to a lost and dying generation. Touch people's lives, even if it's just one person. If it's just one person that we can touch with the gospel of Jesus, 
We pray for one another that our lives will become more and more fruitful, that we shall radiate more and more the presence of Jesus. Amen.